Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Good morning, Vietnam! I drink your milkshake. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Hey, Film Files, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you. So glad to be back. If you've never listened to us before, we are basically a couple of uh, movie lovers from Chicago. Uh, every episode, we find a movie that's left some sort of impact or dent. Pick it apart, look at what works, what doesn't, and why. We're working on a couple of uh, feature-length episodes, but I wanted to get on today because, you know, it's summer, summer blockbusters. This is when the studios throw us the best of what they have, and it's a little daunting um, because I hear this conversation a lot, and it's there's there's some validity to it. But I hear different variations of Hollywood has run out of steam, Hollywood has run out of new ideas, everything is cookie cutter remakes, prequels, sequels, comic book movies, superhero movies. So yes, there is some validity to that. I absolutely admit it. But also, there's a lot of original ideas coming out. And they might not be coming out of like the, the mainstream studios that give us our $400 million blockbusters, but I just wanted to talk about a couple different movies and a couple different shorter episodes. So the first one I wanted to talk about is this movie from uh, like six months ago, I think it released. It was called Fresh. It released on Hulu. And if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to kind of set it up. And then in a couple minutes, it's probably going to be the end of the episode for you because I wanted to get into a couple of uh, juicy story details because this is one of those movies that when it's over, you just want to find someone else who's seen this movie and be like, right? Oh my God. So this movie is like, at least for me, it's the best version of this kind of movie that I've ever seen. So the plot is something that you've seen a bunch. It's like a cautionary dating tale. It's kind of like a cat and mouse thriller. And, and then that's, that's basically where the trope ends. So the movie, basically Daisy Edgar Jones, who was in a breakout show a couple of years ago called Normal People on Hulu. Um, it was a love drama. It was absolutely heart-wrenching. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, but it's very heartbreaking. Anyway, I'm not getting into that today. So uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is a young woman in her 20s who's gotten burned after dating the wrong guy. So she meets Steve, played by Sebastian Stan, who we know from the Captain America movies and from the Avengers movies. He plays uh, Bucky Barnes. And most recently, he was in this show on Hulu called Pam and Tommy. He played Tommy Lee, and the show is like the origin story of how their infamous sex tape got leaked. Uh, which is a really good show. But anyway, yeah, Sebastian Stan is so much fun to watch. He is so charismatic and he is so charming and he is just great. Like no matter what the role is, he's so much fun to watch. And his character in this movie is so fucked up. And um, that's that's all I'll say if you haven't seen the movie because it's one of those that's kind of good to go in a little bit blind. Um, so if you haven't seen it, Check it out. It's on Hulu. Please stop this episode because I'm about to spoil this heavily. Okay. For you guys that are still with us. Oh, my God. This movie. Okay. 
So I should I should start. This this was uh, directed by a lady named Mimi Cave. This is her feature film debut, which is pretty substantial. A lot of bold uh, story choices. So it has 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well fucking deserved. I love horror movies. And part of the curse of that, it's kind of hard to give me something that I haven't seen before. You know, most horror movies start out with, you know, a couple moves to a new house looking for a fresh start. Or a couple of paranormal investigators go to investigate this place where somebody went missing years ago. You know, they always kind of like start out this way. And this movie does not start out like a horror movie. But once Daisy Ridley is drugged and she passes out and the like the title card shows up 33 minutes into the movie, which is so cool. And so the movie made, left me so excited. Also because I watched it with my wife, who notoriously does not like horror movies, does not typically like these kinds of movies, and I kind of pushed her into watching this. And she absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, you know, the movie is, is, is as smart as it needs to be. Uh, there's a scene in the beginning. They're at the grocery store where they first meet. And if you look above No's head, her name is... Uh, Noah. Her name is Noah. Daisy Rid- Daisy Edgar Jones. I keep wanting to say Daisy Ridley. Above Noah's head is a sign that says fresh meats. Pretty cute. Nice little touch. Doesn't need to be there, but it is there, and I'm glad that it is. So, um, so yeah, so she gets kidnapped, and I just wanted to pinpoint a couple special things I felt about this movie. For one, it is not really gory. You know, he, he's like cutting pieces off his live victims, but it's not really gory. It's just like really clever transitions. Like Noah tries to escape. He catches her. He says something like, that was bad. You shouldn't have done that. Now I'm going to take your ass. And then it shows him like cutting up a pork shoulder or something. So you don't see skin being removed. It's, it's just two different scenes, but they're interconnected through the dialogue. So it's really clever in that way. You know, there's not a lot of graphic violence aside from him cutting up meats. So there's that element. And Daisy Edgar Jones's friend, who this whole time has been kind of warning her about this guy, because they go on a couple dates and then he inevitably invites her to his secluded mansion. And, you know, all of these cards are being set up, you know, in the way that we've seen a lot of times before. And so, and you know that she's going to ignore her friend's warning. So, and her friend becomes increasingly suspicious when Sebastian Stan texts her friend pretending to be her and doesn't end the text with a signature that she normally does. So her friend is like, okay, well, this obviously is not her texting me, which I thought was really funny because, you know, women historically are not always cast in the brightest light. I had mentioned this movie is directed by a lady. Um, it's also written by a lady. It's written by this up-and-coming writer named Lauren Kahn. This is her second feature-length script. So aside from the fact that we need more females in the director's seat, especially in the horror genre, when we get that, you can kind of tell because the story, it's just a very nurtured story with a lot of things that we don't necessarily need to understand the story or need 
to tell the story, but the fact that they're using them, it just adds layers onto a good story that that already exists. Yeah, so this this same thing with the friend tracking down the other friend, you know, they did that this in Get Out too. Daniel Kaluuya's roommate warned him about going to this girl's house and he went anyway and it went horribly and but the friend ended up saving him. You know, the friend like drove out there and so there's the two different story elements of like so in this case, Daisy trying to escape the clutches of Sebastian and then also uh, the friend trying to track down Daisy. So that's fun. So the friend finds Steve's wife, to which point I was like, oh, shit, he's living, a, he's living a double life. He's got kids. And then Steve comes home, and I was like, shit, girl, you got to go. And then Steve's wife hits her over the head with the frying pan, and you're like, oh, shit, she's part of it. Now, what I really thought was interesting this left both me and my wife a little bit speechless is when it shows Steve's wife showering and she sits down to put on her prosthetic leg. That was crazy. That added so much dynamic to the story because like, obviously he had like um, done the same thing to her as he did to Daisy and probably kidnapped her and, you know, took her leg, whatever. Maybe she was trying to escape and, as a punishment, he took her leg, but she's playing the part. You know, he doesn't have a gun to her head. She's got his back. She's obviously collaborating with him and like they're on the same team. So it's like, she's happy to play the part, but she, it's almost like, you know, she's given herself to him. Like she sacrificed part of herself to him. So that was really cool. And that also plays in at the end because Okay, so then Daisy sees her friend's phone on his bookshelf, and so she puts it together that, oh, shit, my friend is here. I got to look up what her fucking friend's name is. Molly. Her friend's name is Molly. So Daisy figures out through the phone being on the bookshelf that, oh, that must mean that Molly's here. So there's this, like, feministic camaraderie and resourcefulness that I really, really like. I really like when characters make realistic decisions in horror movies. I understand that. Uh, I understand this. I understand the suspension of disbelief really applies in scary movies because if they made truly smart answers, they wouldn't go in the house. They wouldn't go to the car. They wouldn't run upstairs. They would run out the door, and the movie would be very short. So I understand suspension of disbelief, but. I really appreciate when the writing is so tight that the characters make smart decisions and they still, um, you know, the story continues to unravel. So she goes back to save her friend. So cool. So the ending, I told my wife, I was like, this is probably going to end probably one of two ways. Because like I said, I like horror movies, but horror movies have a really bad habit of feeling like it always has to be a twist at the end. Like it can't just be a straightforward ending there's always got to be like one last jump one last scare one last twist and I think a lot of times it's because the movies are trying to set up for another film they want to like establish an intellectual property or a franchise and so like just one standalone movie isn't good enough so I thought okay this is probably how this movie's going to end either Molly and Noah are going to maim Steve to the point where they believe he's dead and then they're taken out of the scenario into safety 
and then we find out unbeknownst to them that he is actually alive and he gets away. Or you think that they're going to get him and then he kills one or both and then it's a totally unsatisfying ending because they do that a ton. They do that a lot. So the actual ending, holy shit, it was neither of those. They kill him good. And then his wife comes after him. So that's where the like prosthetic leg, I think, comes back because his wife shows up and she is like so dedicated to avenging him. She attacks the girls after finding her dead husband. So without the leg scene... You might think the wife would see her dead husband and be like, I'm finally free. Thank you for killing my captor. That that would make sense. But she goes after him. So, you know, so the severed leg shows me that, like, their relationship and their dynamic is so deeply layered that even though he's dead, she has so much, you know, whether it's admiration or love or respect or whatever, it's some sort of, like, fucked up, Stockholm syndrome. She goes after him. And then they, of course, kill her. So, oh man, what a movie. This was so much fun. Uh, this would be a fun movie to watch with someone who hasn't seen it. I don't often like to watch horror movies again. I mean, I don't really actually, there's not too many movies I like to rewatch in general, but this is one that would be really fun to watch with someone who's never seen it. And especially fun to watch it with someone who's never seen it who likes horror movies. Because sometimes us horror hounds sit down to watch a movie like this with our arms crossed and we're like, all right, I saw the trailer, so I already know how the movie's going to end. But you don't. You think you do, but you don't. So I loved Fresh. So Fresh was one of those movies that left me with a really satisfied, almost like, giddy feeling that like these movies are still getting made you know this was not like an indie darling this was like a big hulu original film and there was no source material this was not based on a book this was an original idea from somebody who's like very new to the industry and i love that you know like when the when the babadook came out maybe like six years ago that was a first time director her name was jennifer kent she was australian and no one had ever heard of her before. And The Babadook was a huge movie and like kind of changed the way that a lot of horror movies were getting made with these monsters that are more symbolic than physical. You know, like The Babadook, I guess it depends on how you interpret it. But I interpreted that, that ending as The Babadook never really existed. It was like a metaphor for his father. But anyway... That's a really smart idea to not just have a tangible monster that's coming after somebody, but like, you know, a more nuanced story. I love that. And, you know, Fresh was not nuanced like that, but it was such a good story. So, yeah, so I think my wife and I, I think we have, we subscribe to too many streaming services. Every time we get a new one, it just makes the process of picking a movie that much harder. So... I've been using this app called Just Watch. I swear to you, this is not a sponsorship for Just Watch. But Just Watch is basically this independent app that pools all of the streaming service content, like everything, even the shitty ones like Tubi TV and Fubo TV. And 
they break it down into these very specific genres, not like comedy, action, adventure, but like um, films with strong, independent women, uh, period dramas, recently added comedy movies, apocalyptic dramas, IMDb Top 250, anxiety-inducing cinema. And uh, I really appreciate that because uh, I love watching movies, but sometimes by the time my wife and I find one to watch, we don't have the energy or the mental capacity to watch a movie. So that's why we so often um, go to TV. So fresh Hulu, definitely rated R, definitely recommend checking it out. The next episode, I want to talk about another movie that I really, 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 really like called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Until next time, I'm Jimmy, and this is Movie Show Theater. <laughs>